Let's do that hockey. All right, welcome to episode 81 of the Dauber Prospects Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Harling, and on episode 81, this episode is going to be entirely dedicated to this year's edition of the Mock Draft. To help me out with this episode, I have recruited the services of some of Dauber Prospects' finest writers, starting with our director or head of European scouting, Yoki Nevalainen, regular on the podcast. You would recommend him from... Such shows as the World Junior Preview. Welcome back, Yoki. Hey, Pete. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. And also joining us is a uh, first-timer to the show, Josh Tesler. He's our Buffalo Sabres prospect writer. Welcome to the show, Josh. First time, hey, long time? Yep. And hey there, Pete. Hey. All right. And coming back for his encore is our Ottawa Senators writer, Tony Ferrari. Tony, what's uh- happening, bud? How's it going, Pete? It's going good, man. It's going good. You guys all set to do a mock draft? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right Can't on. Wait. Everyone loves a mock draft. It, uh, it's been the podcast's um, most downloaded uh, of all the shows was the one I did last year with Ainsley and Cam. So uh, looking forward to an exciting episode. So for everyone listening, the way this is going to work is I went to good old Tankathon hit the simulate button and it gave me a draft order uh, based on the standings as of today. So the draft order is going to go as follows. The big winner of the lottery was the Los Angeles Kings. And then it goes uh, Ottawa Senators, New York Rangers, Detroit Red Wings, New Jersey Devils, Anaheim, Ottawa, Montreal, Minnesota, and Buffalo as the top 10 uh, I don't think there's much difference from the lottery after that. Uh, it's the rest is basically based on standings and um, and I guess a presumption of who wins the Stanley Cup. So, and then what we've done is we've assigned draft picks to each one of the writers. Uh, so we will take turns, kind of like one of your fantasy mock drafts, where we just kind of snake through the draft order, uh, taking turns, picking as if we were the NHL general manager of that team. So this is not... Uh, fantasy ranking mock draft. This is just a straight up mock draft. So if you know if your pick is Buffalo Sabers and you're on the clock, you basically take the player you think is either the best player available or the best prospect suited for that team's needs, uh, depending on whatever you predict. The Buffalo Sabers would do with that pick, for example. All right. So uh, with the disclaimer out of the way. Why don't we just jump Peter Patter and get right out or jump right into it? What do you say, boys? Sounds good. All right. So the first overall pick, as I mentioned, uh, belongs to the Los Angeles Kings, who moved up one place in the draft. And they shock nobody. And they go ahead and take Alexis Lafreniere, the uh, consensus number one ranked player. He's the best player in the draft, I think. Even though some people might argue that the center is the way to go there, uh, I think based on his performance all season long and everything he's done up until now, he hasn't had any hiccups. Um, there has, There's no reason not to take him. I was really impressed with his physical play at the World Juniors and at the top prospect game in my, uh, my live viewing of him this year. 
Um, I don't think anybody is going to raise an eyebrow at that. It's kind of a slam dunk, no brainer. Uh, so moving on, we're going to go with the number two pick, and that is the Ottawa Senators. With the, they have two picks in this draft, but this one is their own, uh, and they move up three spots from where they are in the standings today. And so they have the second overall pick, and picking for them will be our Ottawa Senators writer, Tony Ferrari. It's up to you, Tony. All right, well, this one's a pretty easy pick, to be completely honest, and I'm just going to go Quinton Byfield. He's the center. He's the second best player in the draft to me pretty clearly. And the Senators have their franchise player from here on forward. Nice, nice. All right, so the third pick, I'll be making that again. And this one is owned by the New York Rangers, who are the big-time winner in the draft lottery. Uh, I think they picked second overall last year to uh, take Capocaco, which was the highest they ever picked in an entry draft, which kind of blows my mind a little bit, eh? Uh, an original six team never has never had the first overall pick. How is that possible? I don't know, but that's the way it is. So they get another really nice high draft pick, which will um, really insulate their rebuild and there's a lot of different ways the rangers could go here uh and there's a lot of amazing players on the board um but i have to think that they're gonna go with a player that um is an offensive dynamic player that can really generate some buzz kind of like uh what they have with artemi panarin uh so they're gonna go with the German Tim Stutzel, or Stutzla, however you pronounce his name, uh, at the third overall pick. That's an interesting one. I, I That's a bold choice. Yeah, well, they're the Rangers. That's true. All right, so fourth up on the board, we're going to Detroit, and this will be Josh's first pick. Josh, take it away for the Red Wings. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, sure. So for the for the first pick for the Red Wings, um, the Red Wings will take Lucas Raymond. Um, while um, sorry, while he has not been having a ton of playing time uh, due to um, you know due to the the SHL's um, preference to play um, you know their veteran players uh, and higher roles, um, he you know I mean he has definitely shown that he is a excellent playmaker. Um, and d- deserves an audit for. Awesome. Not much surprise there, I don't think. That's a pretty good, solid pick. I think uh, Detroit would be happy to have him there. Uh, coming up at number five, New Jersey Devils fell down two. Um, serves them right. They've been stealing draft lot results for the last few years here. Uh, so good for them for dropping down. And picking for New Jersey here is going to be Yoki. Yoki, welcome to the draft. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you guys stole all the best guys <laughs> in the top four, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, let let's go with Alexander Holtz, uh, fifth overall. So this is a guy who is a tremendous goal scorer, uh, could really challenge Patrick Laine and all those guys for the for the top goal goal scorer uh, trophy in the upcoming years. Uh, so put a guy like that next to Jack Hughes, and uh, you'll get some magic out of that pair. So I think that's that's going to be a good choice for them. All right. So Alexander Holtz goes at the five spot. So our top five picks off the board so far for those keeping score. Lafreniere first to the Los Angeles Kings. Byfield second to the Ottawa Senators. No surprises there. Tim Stutzel goes third overall to the New York Rangers. That may or may not happen. 
Uh, Lucas Raymond goes fourth overall to the Detroit Red Wings. They're super excited to get uh, him there. And Alexander Holtz goes fifth to New Jersey. Um, okay, so another team dropping down two points in the lottery uh, would be the Anaheim Ducks. And we're going to go back to Yoki for this one. Who do you got going to Anaheim at six, Yoki? Yeah, so this is a bit bit tougher here, but uh, I'm going to go with Jamie Drysdale. So the Ducks get a franchise defenseman. Uh, they already have a couple of really good defensemen, but uh, I think Trisdale is going to be the best of best of them all, and uh, he's going to run their top power play and play play big minutes on their top pair eventually. So I think that's that's a good fit for the rebuilding Ducks. Yeah, there's a premium on defensemen in drafts, and I think teams will be. Very interested in drafting Drysdale very high as he is um, the consensus number one D in the draft. So him going outside of the top five is maybe a little surprising. Um, I think he's he's comparable to some of the higher end draft picks that have gone in drafts past few years. And we've had some draft picks go as high as first overall. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if come draft day in Montreal, he does squeeze his way into the top five. But it's going to be really hard for him to supplant any of the guys that we picked in the top five. So this might be exactly where he ends up going. And I think Anaheim would be super happy with that. All right. So going on to number seven, the Ottawa Senators are picking again. Thank you very much to the San Jose Sharks uh, pick that they've acquired. That's not lottery protected. It does drop down one in this simulation. Uh, and we're going back to Tony again for his uh, second Ottawa Senators pick. They've already added Byfield at number two. Tony, who do they get at seven? Well, this one's going to be a little bit different than what most people are going to expect. But because they have the second round or the second pick in the first round, and because Drysdale's gone and the top, the big four gone at the top of the draft, I think they can go Askarov here. Really, really improve that goalie pipeline because they have a lot of guys that are kind of just guys. Like Philip Gustafson still got a lot of potential, but. He's not Askarov. Askarov can change the future in that in the net for the Senators for the next ten to fifteen years. That is an interesting pick, and I'm I'm sure the Senators are going to pick late in the top ten in this draft, unless you know something crazy happens with the lottery and they have two in the top five, and they can't take Askarov in top five. I don't think, but exactly. it it'll be this will be so interesting for them because I just did it Ottawa Senators top ten prospect rankings and they're pretty good in goal. Um, Joey Decord looks good. Marcus Hogberg has looked good in his call-up this season. They got Gustafson, like you said. So it's not like they're devoid of prospects, but they don't have any A-plus prospects. And if you look at their depth chart, if you add Byfield at center, their prospect depth is fantastic. They've got Brandstrom, Brown, um, Norris, a lot of really, really great prospects um i think they would if they had their druthers they would rather take drysdale over Askarov. but since he just went like you said um this kind of gives them a blue chip at every position doesn't it and that, that's kind of my thinking like with with the depth that they have at the other positions it, it mitigates the risk of taking a goaltender this high and yeah if if their second pick is in the top like at the back end of the top 10 and the big the big guys are gone including drysdale then I think they could take the swing on the goalie, but there's still a lot of talent up for, up front for them to take if they decide to go away from the goalie. 
Yeah, that'll be an interesting pick uh, if they pick there. All right, so Askarov off the board. First goalie goes inside the top 10. He had the shaky, happy feet world junior, but uh, I don't put any strike against him on his record for that. I think this is a, a totally valid pick. Uh, okay, so moving on. Montreal Canadiens hosting the draft. Crowd goes wild. Uh, I'm not going to announce this pick in French, although I'm sure it will be at the draft. Uh, so eighth overall pick for Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they're going to go with a forward here, and they would like to take a French-Canadian player, of course, but you can't really do that if it's not the logical choice, and in this situation, it's not. Uh, so they're going to draft from the OHL, and I have a coin toss for me between Perfetti and Rossi because I absolutely love both these players. And I actually happened to see them play live head-to-head um, on Sunday in Ottawa this past weekend. And it seemed pretty clear to me who the better player was out of the two, although I love them both very much. Um, and the Montreal Canadiens absolutely need to hit a home run here. They've kind of struck out with some first-round picks in the last 10 years, which I think has a lot to do with why they're picking high again. Uh, so they're going to go with Cole Perfetti at center. And hopefully he ends up being a number one center for them because I don't think they have a player in their organization that can take over that position either currently or in the immediate future. Uh, so Cole Perfetti goes off the board at eight. Picking number nine will be the Minnesota Wild. And picking for Minnesota's Yoki. Yoki, you're up. Uh, yeah, this, this is a tough one. <laughs> Two great options still left, but uh, I'm going to go with the Finnish two-way center, Anton Lundell. Uh, Minnesota really loves those Finns, so I think he's going to be a great fit there. Uh, he can learn a lot from Mikko Koivu. I think Lundell is going to play in the NHL next season, so he, he still has time to learn from, from Koivu there and become a master two-way center and hopefully a Selke trophy contender like I think he will be so uh wild go with with Lundell there that is a a nice safe pick just inside the top 10 and you think he's gonna play in the NHL next year huh yeah yeah I do all right so if you're in a fantasy draft that's something that you want to take note of that he could be a player fast-tracked um to contribute to your roster as soon as next year um, and a fantasy draft, I think that moves him up a little bit in the rankings. All right, so rounding out our top 10, we're going to go back to Josh, who is picking for his own team that he writes for. That would be the Buffalo Sabres. So, Josh, you should have a really good handle on what their pipeline uh, needs, what they got, and you uh, follow the draft prospects really well. You know who's available, who uh, who's in at their top 10 pick. So with the 10th overall selection, uh, the Sabres will go with Marco Rossi. Um, you know, so, I mean, I know that, you know, so, I mean, I know that given the center depth that they have, you know, uh, you know, given Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat, um, it does seem, sorry, it, sorry, it does seem kind of odd to grab another centerman, but, you know, I mean, the way that Rossi controls the pace of the game in the offensive zone, um, you know, I mean, he, you know, I mean, he is just truly a, a dynamic forward. And he just seems like a natural uh, fit for the Buffalo Sabres. Solid pick there. You definitely want to just, I think, take the best player available in your top 10 all the time, uh, despite whatever your organizational 
depth is if you've got a, a plethora of defensemen and the best player available and the top 10 pick where you're up is clearly a defenseman, you pick them. And you just do asset management control going forward. Having defensemen or centers as trade ships that are prospects is a very good problem to have. All right, so that's the top 10. A uh, little quick recap again. Uh, starting from one and working our way down. Lafreniere, of course, to L.A., Byfield to Ottawa, Stutzel to the range. Yoki, is it Stutzel or Stutzla? Uh, Stutzel. Stutzel, okay. The guys on TSN were calling him Stutzla on the broadcast during the World Juniors. So, <laughs> I know, Stutzel. Oh, good. Uh, fourth, Detroit Red Wings pick Lucas Raymond. Fifth, New Jersey Devils take Alexander Holtz. At six, Anaheim takes to the first defenseman, Jamie Drysdale. And the Ottawa Senators, with their second pick inside the top ten, take Yaroslav Askarov, the fantastic Russian goalie. Hometown Montreal Canadiens at eight pick Cole Perfetti. At number nine, Minnesota Wild go Anton Lundell. And rounding out the top ten, we just had Marco Rossi from the Ottawa 67s going cross-border to the Buffalo Sabres. So the next pick, 11th overall, Belongs to Chicago Blackhawks. Picking for them will be Tony. Take it away, Tony. Uh, sorry. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks have a very loaded back end in, in terms of prospects. So I think they have to go up front here. And I think they're willing to take a risk on a guy like Noel Gundler. He's got a ton of skill. He's got a ton of offensive flair. He's a, he's a fun player to watch. He, Despite being a little bit smaller, he works off the boards fairly well. And he's a guy that if, if things break right for him, he could end up being one of the top six, seven, eight guys in this draft. So I think Chicago goes with the upside, takes him and works on the, the flaws in this game and possibly his attitude. Sounds good. Uh, nice goal scoring option there for them as Patrick Kane is, is actually starting to get a little long in the tooth, isn't he? All right. So going back to back picks here with Tony Carr, uh, sorry, Tony Ferrari. Tony, you're picking 12th overall uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Who do you like the Jets taking at 12? Well, I think the, the Jets the Jets are uh, in a weird spot with where they are in terms of wanting to compete and try to rebuild at the same time. So I think they have a, a plethora of options. Their defensive pipeline isn't the greatest, but there really isn't a defenseman that's worth taking here over any of the forwards. So I, I think they go a little safe and they go with Dylan Holloway. All right, so the Jets take their uh, big double NCA forward. Uh, that is a nice, safe, solid pick. He almost made Team Canada for the Rural Juniors, which was impressive because uh, not only is it a difficult team to crack because there's, they have so many players to choose from, but they also tend to prefer players playing in the CHL as opposed to the NCAA, and that he got so close um Bodes really, really well for uh, how good of a player he is. All right. So like you were saying about defense, next up would be the Nashville Predators. I'll be picking for Nashville here again. And as we all know, Nashville loves, 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 loves to pick defense. And they are super fantastic at developing them. But because they have so many good defense in the system and they've already developed and that are coming... And like you just said, you got to take the best player available. And that is just isn't a defenseman for a few more picks. So maybe they can look in the second round for a defenseman. But right now, they got to go forward. And uh, I have it narrowed down to two players on my list. Um, 
between an Ottawa 67 and a player coming out of Germany. So I think in this situation, Nashville is going to go with uh, Jack Quinn from the Ottawa 67s. Um, he's having such a fantastic year on Ottawa 67s are a really good team. And I think I said, talked about this on my last episode of the podcast that he's playing on a second role, uh, kind of on the insulated line. He's still putting up a lot of points. Uh, despite the depth that Ottawa has. And I think next year, after some of their players graduate, their overage players will move on. Uh, I think the 67s will take a bit of a step back next year. But uh, Jack Quinn will take a big step forward. He'll be thrust into the limelight and be their their number one player. Uh, I kind of see a lot of parallels to uh, him and Connor McMichael from last year and how McMichael is having a breakout season this year in the OHL with the London Knights being the man on London. Um, so I think that's what Nashville will be thinking as well. Uh, they go ahead and take Quinn at 13. So the next pick, 14th overall, uh, is property of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they had to trade this pick to Carolina to purge themselves of the Patrick Marlowe contract. Uh, so this is going to sting a little bit for Toronto because when they made this trade at the draft last year, they were expecting this to be the 31st overall pick as it would win the Miss Stanley Cup, freeing up all that cap space. Doesn't look like it's working out that way yet, but let's see what Carolina can do with the pick. And we're going to go back to Josh for this one. So 14th overall Carolina, Josh, you're up. Yep. So the newest member of the Jerks, um, is the sorry is Connor Zary? Um, so Connor Zary has been having a absolutely incredible season in the WHL, um, and you know I mean, and it never hurts to add another center to your prospect depth. Um, so uh, so the 14th pick is is Connor Zary. Sounds good. Carolina's done a really really good job of drafting in the last couple of years. I like what they're doing with their organization and they've got so much depth that they really have the freedom to kind of roll the dice a little bit on this draft and take some, some shots. But I think that is a really nice safe pick. 15th overall belongs to the Philadelphia Flyers and we'll go to our director of European scouting, Yoki for this pick. Yoki Flyers are up. All right. So with the 15th overall pick, the Flyers take uh, Jan Musak. Uh, the Czech forward who jumped to the OHL after the World Juniors, and uh, maybe hopefully he can show more of that offensive upside he has uh, in the junior league. But uh, he may not have a high-end offensive upside, but uh, he can play all all three forward positions and up and down the lineup. Can be used on power play, on penalty kill. He can he can do it all. So. Uh, I think he's a he's a great option at 15th overall. Solid pick. Uh, I've seen him a couple of times. I saw him live in Kingston uh, last weekend, I think it was, and uh, it was his second game. So still getting his his feet wet in the league and his bearings. You know the whole cross the pond culture, language, smaller ice, all that stuff. He didn't have a point in his first game. Um, but I saw him score his first OHL goal. It was a beauty point shot. And then I saw highlights of some of the other points he's picked up since then. And I think you're bang on with your assessment of him. He can play up and down the lineup in a bunch of different situations. They were using him offensively and defensively on the penalty kill. Yeah, he moves really well. Uh, he's not super big, but he's not small. So, yeah, a lot, lot to like with that pick there. Um, 
Next up is 16th overall, belonging to Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't think they've picked this early since their first draft. So this will be nice for them to replenish some of their prospects because they've traded away a few of them in order to load up uh, with some star power up on the NHL roster. And that's working out fairly well for them. So the Vegas Golden Knights are up at 16th overall, and we're going to Josh here. Josh, you're on the clock. Yeah. So yeah. So given the concerns uh, for uh, sorry for Vegas at wing in in terms of their farm system depth, um, the Golden Knights will take Dawson Mercer. So Mercer is an outstanding finisher. Um, he's uh, sorry. He is exceptional um, in the offensive zone. His defensive work, you know, needs you know you know needs to improve a, a little bit, but you know. But I, you know, but I mean, in terms of the offensive upside that Mercer has, um, you know, he could be an incredible asset to the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, he's looked pretty good for Canada at the World Juniors. Lots of like with that pick. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, New Jersey Devils are on the clock. They are picking with the uh, Arizona draft pick. And we're going back to Tony for this one. Tony, you're up at 17 for New Jersey. All right. All right. Well, uh, at 17, the New Jersey Devils finally take the second defenseman off the board, and they go with Lucas Cormier. He's a smooth skating, skilled offensive defenseman, but he doesn't come with the same sort of risk that a guy like Jeremy Poirier comes with. But the upside offensively is just just as high. Uh, Cormier's dealt with some injuries, but every time he's come back, he's looked just as good, if not better, and he's the kind of player that they want to add to their system, because outside of Ty Smith and a couple other decent young players, they don't really have any any stud defensemen coming up, so uh, Lucas Cormier is the pick there. Wow. That's a little bit off my board. That's the first one. Um, so far, I only have one player in the top 18 on my pick list that hasn't been selected yet, and I've already mentioned his name. And this is the first player that's picked that's that's not inside my top 31. So that is a that's an interesting pick. I, I'm not sure how off the board it is, but this is just going off of my list. Uh, so that's a good one. Uh, all right. Next up, we've got Calgary Flames picking at 18th overall with their own pick. And uh, I really like what the Flames have in their their prospect depth chart. I think they've got a lot of good stuff. Uh, particularly up front, but I still think that there's a forward or two here that they just can't pass up with this position. And they're going to go with uh, the German J.J. Paterka. Uh, he had a really nice showing at the World Juniors. I liked what I saw from him there. Um, and I think he's got a, a pretty significant NHL upside. So Calgary's going to go with, uh, with the German at 18th. And their provincial rivalries, the Edmonton Oilers, are on the clock next. And we're going to go back to Josh for this pick. Josh, you're up with Edmonton. Yeah. So in terms of the Edmonton Oilers, um, you know, I, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't think that the Edmonton Oilers can shy away from a solid two-way forward. Um, and given that um, they will take Rodian Amirov, um, who... Um, sorry, who had a fabulous showing at the CHL Russia series. Um, you know, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he is a very, very, very good two way forward. Um, always looking for the puck. Um, and, um, 
you know, tracks, you know, tracks the puck well, um, and, uh, you know, and is a solid barrier, especially in the neutral zone too. Um, so yeah. And I, yeah. And I definitely do think that he would be a excellent fit with the Edmonton Oilers. All right. I'm starting to feel sorry for whoever Edmonton picks in the first round because they don't have a great track record outside of slam dunks like McDavid. Um, so, so hopefully whoever they pick pans out. All right. So rounding out the next uh, group of 10 at 20, it will be the Columbus Blue Jackets who are having a tremendous uh, season despite all of the challenges and obstacles that they've had this year. And uh, representing them will be Yoki. So Yoki, you're on the clock at 20 here. Yeah, things things are getting a lot more difficult here at this point. Uh, <laughs> a few good options to, to choose from, uh, uh, but I guess I guess I I might be going off the board a little bit. But I'll go with uh, Emil Andrae, a Swedish defenseman. The the Blue Jackets are not afraid to take Swedes in the draft. They love those Swedes. And even though they have uh, Jones and Varensky on the blue line, I think they could add add another high-end guy who can who can run their top power play eventually and uh, play top four minutes. And he's just uh, he might be small, but he's just super smart and he uh, plays plays the game the right way. And uh, I'm a big fan of him. All right, so Emil Andre is the Columbus Blue Jackets pick. He's a defenseman going 20th overall. I um, don't think I'm going to do a recap again. I'll do that at the end after the next uh, 11 picks. So coming up, we got uh, the second pick in the first round. This will go to the Carolina Hurricanes. So they picked 14th. They took Connor Zeri uh, with the pick they acquired from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now they've got their own pick. Uh, so let's see. They've already added a center. Uh, so they're going to go with a D. And they are going to go with the guy I think is the next highest ranked player on the board. And that would be American Jake Sanderson. Uh, so U.S. defenseman Sanderson is going at 21 to Carolina. And that moves us along to 22. We got the Dallas Stars on the clock. Tony, you ready for your next pick? All right. The Dallas Stars, they have a decent prospect pool. They're lacking a little bit with right-handed defensemen, but the biggest right-handed defenseman here is probably, or the best right-handed defenseman story is probably Topi Nimela. But I think they, they just go best player available here, and, and they take a guy like Zion Nyback. He's a smaller Swedish forward. He's got tons of skill. He likes to work, work into the middle of the ice. I think that's just the best pick for them because their their prospect pool is fairly even across the board. So go with best player available, and you can't go wrong. That sounds good to me. I got Zion Nyback penciled in at twenty two to Dallas. All right, so now we're going Sunshine State. Florida Panthers are up at twenty three, and I believe. Ah, let's see. If I were Florida, who would I pick here? You're right, Yoki. This is starting to get a little bit more interesting. Um, I think they're going to go with the center here. And they're going to go with Maverick Bork. 
at the 23rd overall. He's a player I had ranked 19th. He's my next highest ranked player. So uh, they go Maverick Bork out of the queue here. And that takes us to 24, Colorado Avalanche. And we're going to Josh for this pick. Yeah, so for the Avalanche, uh, the Avalanche are going to take uh, Hendricks Lapierre. Um, you know, while you know, while there have been some concussion health issues that have that have popped up uh, from an offensive upside perspective, um, as you, you know, I mean, as a natural playmaker, um, you know, um, you know, I mean, in my mind, you know, I mean, he is the, definitely the best player on the board at this point. Um, and, uh, yeah. And yeah. And so the avalanche add another talented centerman to their, uh, to their farm system. Yeah, that's a solid pick. That's who I was kind of struggling with, which one I would take, um, bit of a coin toss for me. Uh, so yeah, that's a great pick. I really like that one at 24 to the avalanche. All right. The 25th, we're going for to Yoki and you'll be picking for the New York Islanders here. So the Islanders are on the clock and Yoki, you are up. Yeah, so a very quick search on the Islanders page. Doesn't really matter if you're checking the current roster or the prospects, but they just don't have any center. So I think this is going to be an easy, easy positional need. And the best center I have on my board is Vasily Ponomaryov, the Russian guy playing in the queue. Uh, super strong two-way center. Uh, very, very skilled and very smart. So I think he's going to be a great addition to play behind Basel. All right. So the New York Islanders go center at pick number 25. Pick number 26, we're going back to Sunshine State. Tampa Bay Lightning are on the board. And Yoki, you pick again. Yeah. Uh, so... Next up, I, I think the, the Lightning is going to go with a defenseman here. So now I'm left with two options. So that's easier than five options, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the right-handed shot. So let's go with Justin Barron from the queue again. So a little bit of a run player from the queue so Justin Barron goes to the Tampa Bay Lightning nice nice I'm also expecting a, a number of D to, to go in the the bottom 10 picks of this draft as well uh, so that's one of them Justin Barron uh, going to Tampa Bay at 26 all right so Tony we're going back to you 27th overall pick could go to the Pittsburgh Penguins and they you are on the clock for the Penguins here they need they need well, help, don't they? Yeah, they they their prospect pool looks pretty uh, bleak at the moment. So I think they go best player available, and they seem to like taking on guys that maybe have a little bit of a project to do with them. So I think they go with uh, another defenseman here, left-handed defenseman Jeremy Poirier. He's got a ton of offensive upside, but just as exciting as he can be on one end, he's just as terrifying in the defensive end. He's the kind of boomer bust prospect, but the Pittsburgh Penguins are willing to take that risk and they take Poirier off the board at 27. All right. Another D going there. So 28th pick, 
we're going back to Tampa Bay for this one. They almost had back-to-back picks, and they just took a defense. I mean, this is a pick that belongs to the Vancouver Canucks, so I can't remember why Tampa Bay owns that pick, but they do. And they're going to go with a forward, and they don't seem to have a problem with guys who are a little bit smaller, and I think they really like the speed. So they're going to go with Jean-Luc Foodie here. Uh, real speedy center out of the OHL. You recognize his name. His older brother's been drafted already. So they go with the second foodie. Uh, he goes 20th overall to Tampa Bay. All right, only three picks left, Boston, St. Louis, and Washington. So first up would be Boston, and this will be your last pick in the mock. Josh, you're on the clock with the Bruins, bud. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I'm going to try to make this pick with a Boston accent. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so as I, so as I'm guzzling my, my Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee here, uh, I'm going to take Tyson Forster, you know, <laughs> he, you know, he definitely plays, you know, a very, uh, physical, uh, 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 physical game in the offensive zone. Um, you know, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he tracks the puck well. He's, you know, he's always looking for the optimal poke check. He just seems like the natural Boston Bruin. Uh, so, uh, so we're going to take Tyson Forster uh, from the Barry Colts. That's as good as a bowl of clam chowder. All right. So two more picks, St. Louis Blues. Uh, looks like they go back-to-back Stanley Cup finals, but only get one win. Um Yoki, you got the last pick of your draft belongs to the St. Louis Blues. You're on the clock, pal. All right, all right. Uh, still having too many good options left at this point. So uh, I'm going to go with with another Czech guy. So Jaromir Putlik from the Sioux uh, jumped there during last season uh, after playing in the Czech Men's league is a big two-way guy. Can play up and down the lineup. Can play all three board positions, and I think I think the Blues are gonna like that type of a player who can who can be physical and be responsible defensively. May not have the highest offensive upside, but uh, his all-around game is really strong. So Jaromir Putlik goes to the Blues. All right. I think he could be a first-round pick as well, so I'm glad to see him squeaking in uh, into our mock draft. All right, so it's the last pick, 31st overall. Next, The last draft with only 31 picks. I believe next year we'll have Seattle picking 32 first-round picks. And it's just a little sidebar pet peeve of mine. After having been to a number of drafts uh, live and, and watching it on the draft floor, one thing that really, really irks me and I think I might have said this on a previous episode as well, is as soon as the name, even before the name, the last player's name is announced, teams at the table, they're they're packing their stuff up and they're heading for the doors. Um, like they're trying to beat the traffic out of the rink or something. I don't know. But it really bothers me because it's a pretty special moment to be drafted in the first round of the NHL draft. And going up on stage in front of a full arena, um, shaking hands with the team and the management, putting on the hat and the jersey, getting your picture taken, kind of sullies that moment the player is having. If, if 
it's an, an emptying arena. Like, you know, the lights are on, the roaches are all running for the exits is what it looks like. And it's pretty disrespectful to that player who has earned that privilege to go in the first round of the draft. So I hope that that's something that the NHL sends a memo out to its teams and says, hey, why don't you just sit tight until the player is off the stage? Then you can pack up and hit the bricks. So that being said, boys, stay in your chairs until this last pick is announced because we'll do a little uh, a little debrief as to what we saw, what we liked, what surprised us, what shockers, who made it in that we didn't think would, who didn't make it in that we thought would, who went higher, who went lower, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, analyze our own mock draft. So the last pick, Washington Capitals uh, win the Stanley Cup, apparently, and they get the last. They didn't even trade their first round pick to do it. Way to go, Washington. Uh, so this pick's going to Tony. You get the last pick, though. All right. Well, a player that I've kind of seen as like a Washington Capitals-type player all season long has been Will Cooley from the Windsor Spitfires. He's a physical presence. He plays a bit of that Tom Wilson style. He's he's not necessarily as dirty as Tom Wilson, but he's physical. You've seen at the in the Windsor-London game they broadcast on Sportsnet last week. He was hitting guys all over the ice. I happen to be at that game. He's got an impressive shot. and. He's the kind of physical goal scorer that the Washington Washington Capitals could insert in the lineup within a year or two, and I don't think he's got that much of a uh, a runway till he's in the NHL. I absolutely love that pick. I was really thinking about taking him with my last pick in the draft because he's a player that I have a bit of a secret crush on. Um, in the leagues that that I'm in, it reward it's a head-to-head roto leagues like the Dover Prospects one. Uh, so having a player that can score goals for you and will take a high volume of shots, likes to hit a lot. We'll get you some hits. Um, and I think he's even a center too. So he, no, he's not, he's a winger. Yeah, uh, so no, win. yeah, no, no face off wins there, but still uh, a wide variety of, of stat stuffing contributions to your fantasy roster with this player. And you either, you either love him or you love to hate him. And if he's on your fantasy team, you're going to love him. Uh, unless he plays for your NHL team's rivalry and then you'll just have to hate him. Uh, but that's a pick that I, I really like. That's a good one. All right, boys, that rounds up the draft. Uh, I will do one, one through 31 quick summary and recap here uh, in case you forgot who went where. So Los Angeles Kings first overall, Lafreniere, Ottawa Senators took Byfield at two. No surprise there. Rangers at three take Tim Stutzel. Maybe a bit of a surprise there. We'll talk about that for sure. The Detroit Red Wings go with a nice, safe Lucas Raymond pick at four. New Jersey Devils. Don't win this lottery. They're turning into the Edmonton Oilers lately. Uh, they go with Alexander Holtz at fifth overall. Anaheim at six goes with the first D, Jamie Drysdale. Senators with their second overall pick at seventh uh, with the San Jose pick. They go with the goalie, Askarov. Hometown Montreal Canadiens take Cole Perfetti at eight. They're super happy about that. Minnesota Wild at nine take Anton Lundell, Miko Koivu's successor. Buffalo Sabres are maybe a little surprised to get Marco Rossi as late as 10th overall, but they take it. Uh, 11, Chicago Blackhawks. They go with uh, Noel Gundler. Winnipeg Jets, picking 12th overall, go with NCAA Dylan Holloway. 13th overall, Nashville Predators. Wanted to go D, but they couldn't, so they go Jack Quinn. 14th overall, Carolina with the pick that they stole from Toronto. Go Connor Zary, center out of the dub. 15th overall, Philadelphia Flyers go Yan Mysak. Vegas Golden Knights pick 16th overall, take um, Dawson Mercer. The New Jersey Devils with the Arizona pick at 17 go with Cormier. 
At 18th overall, Calgary Flames take J.J. Paterka. And then right after them, Edmonton Oilers at 19th go with Rodion Amirov. Columbus Blue Jackets at 20 take uh, defenseman Andre. 21st overall, Carolina Hurricanes take, I can't read my own writing, Jake Sanderson. 23rd overall, Florida Panthers, Maverick Bork. 24th, the Colorado Avalanche go with Hendricks Lapierre. At 25th, the New York Islanders go with, uh, what do you say he was, Ukrainian or Russian? Ponomarev? Russian. Russian. Beautiful. Ukrainians don't go in the first round. What was I thinking? 26, <laughs> Tampa Bay go with Barron. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, desperate for some prospect depth, take uh, Poirier at 27th. The Tampa Bay Lightning, using the Vancouver Canucks pick, go with Jean-Luc Foodie. 29th, Boston Bruins take Tyson Forster. At 30th, the St. Louis Blues go Yarmer Pitlick. No relation to the Pitlicks before, um, as they're American and he's Czech. Uh, 31st, Washington Capitals. Congratulations on the Stanley Cup. Go with Cooley at 31. All right, boys. Uh, let's talk about it. What did you guys think? I think the first two picks were, were no surprise there. Uh, was anyone kind of surprised with Stutzel going at three? I was a little, I was a little surprised, but I'm not completely against it. I've been Stutzel's biggest fan across the seas for about a year, year and a half now, and he's just one of those guys that I love watching play. So at number three, I don't hate the pick because I don't think the gap between him and Raymond is astronomical, but I do think there is a gap there personally. But at number three, I'm fine with taking Stutzel. So the reason why I did that was just what you said, that he's such a fun, exciting player to watch. And I think that that will lean on the Rangers' decision-making. Now, I've seen him play a little bit more than I've seen Raymond. Um, and I've just been more excited by watching Stutzel than, than Raymond. Do you guys... See what I'm talking about there, or, or am I out to lunch on that one? Is that just me? Yeah, I think I think Raymond is at least as exciting to watch as, as Stutzel, but uh, yeah, I think that's probably affected by the roles that they play. Raymond plays both in the SHL and with the World Juniors team. He was playing a bottom six role, and Stutzel has been playing a top six role, both in, in Dell and at the World Juniors, so I think that might might affect how how people view him. But but yeah, uh, I agree with Tony that the difference between the two isn't very very big. So I would have had Raymond ahead of him as well. But uh, I'm also fine with Stutzel at three. All right, nice to know. I'm not totally crazy there. Um, the next couple picks we had uh, Raymond Holtz and Drysdale. Uh, I think those are all some names that. We expect it to be in the top five. Uh, one of them had to not make it because there's six players there. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have any eyebrows raised at any of those those positions. Do, do you guys? No, not really. The the one guy I still I love to I'd love to get in that top six, but I understand why he's not is Anton Lindell. I just think his game's so complete and he has the potential to be like Yoki said. He he could be a Selkie winner. In, in even three, four years into his career. So I, I think that's the one guy that I think could pop into that group maybe, but that, that group of three isn't uh, anything to be upset about. But do you want to pick a Selkie winner in the top 10 of the draft, or do you want to pick a Hart Trophy winner in the top 10 of the draft? 
if the Selkie winner is going to score me 35 goals, like I think Lundell can in the NHL, then I might take the Selkie winner. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I mean, like, if, you know, I mean, like, if he can be like a Patrice Bergeron, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, you definitely want to take him, you know, within like the top six. All right. Well, he fell all the way to nine. So that's a, that's a little low. Yeah. He, he slipped below <laughs> Perfetti. How do you guys feel about the Perfetti pick just before him? Uh, the Perfetti pick, I, I'm not, I'm not against it. Perfetti is a guy that I can see any team falling in love with from any, anywhere from like five to five to 11, five to 12. And whoever gets him is going to get a good guy that scores, scores a lot, has the capabilities of scoring a lot of goals. But this year showed that he's differ, diversified his, his, uh, skill set, And he's become such a, an advanced playmaker this year. And him and Suzuki, now that that trade's gone through after the deadline, they've been just fun to watch together. Yeah, he's impressed me every time I've, I've seen him play. Um, and seeing him play live for the first time, well, not the first time I saw him at the top prospect game, but live in Ottawa last weekend where, you know, he was the star He was the star of the show between Saginaw and Ottawa. And if you look at the rosters, there's a lot of names on there that you could say, well, he could be the star of the show. Well, he's really good. Well, he's got a lot of points. But it, it was perfetti, and it wasn't even close. Like He was the best player in that game. Um, the overage players did some pretty neat things too, but um, they're 20, so... You know, there is that. Um, okay, Marco Rossi's a player that has been getting a lot of uh, sexy time lately. And a lot of people are ranking him inside the top 10. He made it in our top 10, barely, at 10. Uh, was anyone surprised to see him go this low or this high? Uh, me, personally, I, I have him in the same kind of boat as Perfetti. I He's one of those guys that I think any team could look at and say, okay, he's worth my fifth overall pick. But at the same time, another team could look at Askarov or Lundell or Drysdale and go, okay, I want to take them over him. So him and Perfetti are guys that I kind of expect to go in that eight to 10 range or eight to 11 range, because I think a lot of teams will be like, okay, I like this player, but I like this one better. And they, they may be the two guys that get jumped down. Is that a, is that a tier then one through 11? That, for me, on my rankings, yeah, I have, I have one, two, three, all the separate tiers, and then I have four to six, I think, and then seven to eleven, and realistically, even that four to six range, you could probably squeeze any of the guys in the. So our eleventh, our eleventh pick was Gunler. He's uh, he's inside everyone's top eleven, because he wasn't okay, in mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Oh so yeah. He, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think. The, the entire top 11 we had is the exact same top 11 I have on my board. So uh, the order wasn't exactly the same, but, but uh, no surprises really there. Uh, the top six guys were pretty much the same top six guys I have. And then the 7, 7 to 11 group, I, I think you can just choose whoever you like from that group. And no no problems with that choice. Well, that's amazing because I have three first round picks in my one of my fantasy leagues and one of them is going to be a lottery pick. So I'm inside the top 10 there for sure. But the other two are going to be just outside 11, I think. So that's pretty freaking spectacular for me. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think you can see from from the results we have here that top the first 12 guys were as expected. And then it just goes off the board. Everyone has very different lists after that. So. I think yeah, that's, so, that's how, how this draft is going to unfold, that the first 11 or 12 names are going to be 
pretty much what we expect, and then it, it's anyone's guess at that, that point. All right, so you're adding Dylan Holloway in there because we had him at 12. Um, I think that's probably pretty safe, too. So then after that, I agree with you. It, it kind of goes uh, a matter of personal preference, perhaps, or organizational depth preference. Uh, we went Quinzeri, Mysak, Mercer, and Cormier with the next batch of players. Uh, who was I picked Quinn at 13th. I, I like him. I, you heard my comments after I picked him. Uh, Connor Zeri, first overall pick from the WHL draft. Yeah, and my sacks just come over to play in the OHL. Mercer made Team Canada. So a lot of really good players in there. Um, no outrageous selections there? No, I don't think there's any outrageous selections. The one guy that was a little bit off the board was the, the Nashville pick of Quinn. For me, he's he's a guy I have just outside of the first round. But honestly, with this draft, any like the the group, like Yoki said, after after the 12th pick, Honestly, you could probably take anyone from 13 to 45 or and you could realistically toss them in a blender and I wouldn't be shocked to see any of those guys picked. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't think Quinn's going to be in the NHL next year. I think he's a couple years away, but I, I'm picking him there based on what I see as the potential and I see a lot of potential with him. So um, that's why I maybe moved him up a little bit higher. All right, uh uh, Rodion Amirov went 19th to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I had him a little higher earlier in the year. He's fallen down a little bit. I did get to see him live at the Canada Rush Series, and he didn't really stand out to me too much, and I was looking for him. Um, and then he didn't make Russia for the World Juniors, so my limited amount of viewings for him were underwhelming. Um, so that's why he's fallen down my draft board. I don't think I would have picked him this high. So you guys have obviously seen him a little bit more than me. Sell me on Rodion Amirov at 19. That's all you, Josh. <laughs> you know, so I mean, you know, so, <laughs> you know, so for me, I mean, I, I just really like his two-way game. Um, you know, I mean, as, you know, I mean, as I said earlier, um, you know, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he is a pest when it comes to his new Neutral zone play. If you were trying to rush the puck up the ice, you know, I mean, he, you know, I mean, he definitely becomes a very big wall um, in the neutral zone. You know, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he is just a very, very good defensive forward. I definitely have him a little bit higher in my rankings. I mean, in, I mean, in my personal rankings, I have him at 14. Um, you know, I mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, I just really love the, two-way play that um that sorry that he has and i and i can certainly see him going a little bit higher fair yeah, enough and I, I also have him uh in that top 20 range i was just watching him a couple of days ago in the in the russian junior league and uh yeah he, he can be a bit disappointing at times uh, he's not that flashy uh but he's really effective and his all-around game is really strong and i uh, in the KHL games I've watched him, he's shown that he has uh, really good both hands and feet that are pretty much standout qualities, at, even at the KHL level. So, uh, yeah, I can definitely see top 20 potential in him. Okay, Tony, who is the player that was on your draft list that is highest ranked that wasn't picked? Uh, the two, well, there's a, a small group of three guys I have. 
in uh, Hervinen, Simon Teibel in Stranges, who I had at 18, 19, 20, <clears throat> that Stranges was the one guy I figured he might not get picked because he's very, very boomer bust. But I was a little shocked with Hervinen and Simon Teibel not getting picked at, at all in the first round. Fair enough. How about you, Yogi? Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm not shocked, shocked that they weren't picked. Irvine is somewhere around 40 for me, so uh, wouldn't be on my first round. Uh, Simon Tyvel, mm, he may be the, the most controversial prospect in this draft, uh, so he, he can go in the top 20 or he can go in the third round. So uh, I like him a lot. I, I have him as a late first round, but uh, we'll see. Depends on on how you how you like him, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Uh, other names that uh, I had in that range are Helge Grans and Topi Niemela. So right-handed shot defensemen are always super valuable uh, for the NHL teams. So I think those are two guys that could definitely squeeze into the first round. Uh, but yeah, I'm. Um, at the same time, I'm not shocked that they didn't make it. I had a couple names, a couple forwards, a couple D, Braden Schneider, Caden Gooley, Jacob Perot, Michael Benning, uh, Carter Savoy, Luke Evangelista, Lucas Reichel. Those are all a couple players that, uh, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50, I think they could all be interchanged. I was glad to see Will Cooley made it. Uh, Josh, do you have a player or two that stood out as to you can't believe you didn't make it? Yeah, so for me, I would definitely say Topi Niemla. Um, you know, I mean, as you know, sorry, you know, I mean, as Yoki mentioned, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, right-handed defensemen are very valuable. Um, and you know, I mean, like in the physical, you know, approach that he takes, um, you know, definitely, you know, um, you know, the definitely seems like. Um, you know, I mean, he could garner a lot of, uh, attention from teams. Um, and then Justin is sort of too. So, you know, so, so sort of for me is a, is, you know, I mean, from a offensive production consistency point of view, he's, uh, he's a little bit more inconsistent, but in terms of the, um, sorry, but in, but in terms of like his senses, um, and, you know, I mean, and how he reads the game, you know, I mean, he, you know, I mean, you know, in terms of my opinion, you know, I mean, I did definitely see him as one of the smartest players um, in this prospect board. Um, you know, I mean, he just, you know, I mean, he just reads the game very, very well. Um, and, uh, and yeah. Yeah, right on. Well, one thing I can guarantee... Any final thoughts on this before I wrap this up? Uh, no, I, honestly, this I wouldn't be shocked to see the draft go down this way or a number of ways because the draft <laughs> is a little stupid sometimes, honestly. It just, you're going to have a guy that goes that none of us have really ranked in the first round and he's going to end up being a star. You're going to have a team like Ottawa jump up and grab Askarov with the seventh pick. Like, the draft is weird, so I'm not going to be shocked if any of this goes exactly the way we put it. <laughs> well, I would be. In fact, I, I would <laughs> eat my shorts if the draft went down in this order and, and the way we picked it. I can pretty much guarantee you that it's probably going to look a lot different than this, but um, that's okay. It's a mock draft. Um, it's 
They're there to be mocked. But yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think the Askarov pick is gonna be. Uh, I think he's gonna go in that range. So uh, that wouldn't be a stupid pick. <laughs> I, I think if he goes seventh overall. So uh, if he goes in the top four, top three, then that might be a stupid pick, I guess. But. Yeah, goalies like him don't come around very often. So if if you want the franchise goalie, you may just have to burn a top ten pick on him. Right, and I don't really care for the argument that well, goalies are voodoo and they don't always work out. Well, no player is a guarantee. You know, the first overall pick isn't a slam dunk. That doesn't always work out. Just ask the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so I think screw it, take them top ten. Absolutely, no problem with that and- pick whatsoever. And the, the other thing with Askarov is a lot of people keep harping on me. Oh, goalies take three to five years. Goalies, they're not going to be in the NHL three to five years. Well, that trend's been changing in the NHL lately. Like You have guys like Carter Hart coming into the league at 20, 21, and they're making a difference. And I wouldn't be shocked if Askarov was one of those guys that break in at 21 and he's changing a team's fortunes in that, that early in his career. Yeah, Samsonov and Chestyorkin, the way they have, managed the transition from the KHL to the NHL very quickly. I, I think people are taking notice of that. Hey, maybe Askarov can play in the KHL next season and then maybe even jump to the NHL immediately after that. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I do agree that goalies don't take five to seven years anymore like they used to. Right. Yeah. Two to three years is is right on par with with prospects. Uh, I remember having this conversation at the draft with I think it was Craig Button about um, uh, the Canucks first round pick, the Russian. But Colson. But Colson. Thanks. And then he had a contract for two years in the KHL. I'm like, well, what difference does that make? He's going to be two years before he's ready to play in the NHL anyway. So if he's playing in, in Russia or CHL or AHL. It's it's. Wherever you, it's not the NHL, so doesn't really yeah. doesn't really matter if that's your your criteria for not picking him because he has a KHL contract that's locked in for two years. Um, I suppose that may be a factor uh, for Askarov too. The, the whole Russian factor for some teams, I think that's still a, a real thing. Um, and while a two year KHL contract isn't. Uh, that big of a deal for an 18-year-old prospect. Um, you know, I don't know if there's a term limit on KHL contracts, but if you signed like a four-year contract, then that might be a bit of a a brick tapper for some teams if he has that kind of contract going into the draft. Um, yeah, but they they do have entry-level contracts the same way the NHL does, so the term is limited. Well, there you for, go. For the so young, for the young guys, so yeah, and also fair I game. Think, I think pretty much all the top Russians. Uh, Cross the pond pretty quickly, so it's usually the second, third round picks that might take a few years before they do that. Right on, right on. All right, so you've been listening to episode 81, the mock draft episode of the Dopper Prospects podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Peter Harling. You follow me on Twitter at Farling, P H A R L I N G, and the podcast at DPR underscore show. And joining me on this episode has been Dauber Prospects uh, draft experts, Yoki Nevalainen, our director of European scouting. Follow him on Twitter at Yoki Nevalainen, J-O-K-K-E-N-E-V-A-L-A-I-N-E-N. Our Buffalo Sabres prospect writer, uh, Josh Tesler, at Josh Tesler, J-O-S-H, capital T-E-S-S-L-E-R, underscore. 
And our Ottawa Senators expert, Tony Ferrari, at the Tony Ferrari, just like the car. Uh, So thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead, hit subscribe, like the show, give us a review, preferably five stars, uh, give us a share, and let all your friends know about it. And I hope you enjoyed listening. We'll see you on the next episode.